Welcome back to Jesse's Girls. I'm your host, Jesse Chambliss. Joining me is Michael Kadosh. We have a great episode in store for you today. So, Michael, why don't you tell them who you are and how we know each other? All right. Well, my name is Michael Kadosh. You got that part right. Um, I have my own podcast as well. Uh, I call it the Planet 2000s Podcast. And it's basically... Uh, my love letter to the 2000s era, my favorite era. I love me some 90s as well, and that's coming soon. But we start with 2000s, and every episode is just a different queen or king or whatever, pop or R&B. And I kind of make like a little documentary out of it. And so I do that. And then I also work at an entertainment news show in Canada. I'm from Toronto. I should have mentioned that. And yeah, I work as a production coordinator on a show called eTalk as well. And so celebrity news, entertainment, that's kind of my life, <laughs> every minute of it. Yeah, you're in it. You're in it for sure. And how did we meet? Well, how did we meet? I saw a TikTok one day right after listening to a britney podcast somebody sent me a tiktok saying oh my goodness did you know and it was the infamous story of britney murphy buying britney spears's home and dying in it and britney now we now learn that britney herself had said that she was worried there were spirits in the house and so you made a tiktok yeah. about that it worked its way around to the world because somebody sent it to me and i was like oh yeah wow and so i went to listen to the podcast because of that tiktok went to go stalk you a little bit followed you up and my personal and my 2000s page and then we just got to chatting and realized we're literally the same person and we like all the same stuff and you've been on my show before and i'm so excited that you have me on yours now and yeah i feel like it's been over a year at this point that we've been like speaking and doing all this stuff right yeah i mean it was definitely early 2021 i almost said 2011 yeah. <laughs> that's not the correct year <laughs> uh yeah, so we've been, yeah, we've been just kind of constantly DMing each other and responding to stories and talking. And I've been on your podcast, as you mentioned, and we got to talk about metamorphosis. And so uh, it was, I, I mean, just so fun. I love listening to your podcast because you do such a good job with the sound bites and making it flow super well. Um, I think the JoJo episode is probably my favorite. Oh, Queen, I'm, I'm saving my episode on the high road album because that is my favorite jojo album yeah, so look for that one later this year i i try to save a lot of important ones for different seasons because you don't want to just throw all the iconic iconic ones right away you want to explore you want to see okay which ones was i maybe i only knew the singles back then but now i'm learning more about like so i try to space it out a little bit but yeah. more jojo on the way queen yeah, well, I'm a big JoJo fan, so you know maybe that's a hint for the future. Big JoJo yes. fan. So, but today we're here to talk about Janet. Yes, Ugh, need, oh. needs no introduction. Needs no introduction. And I, I know you're a huge fan, and so not only did I want to just have you on my podcast in general, but I also know that you you really, really love Janet. And so can you just yeah. talk about your relationship to Janet, how you got into her and your, you know, your overall sort of journey with Janet? Well, first of all, for you guys listening, me and Jesse are on webcam and you can see right there, that's a picture of Janet that I have framed right there. Queen of life, always been a huge <laughs> fan since the beginning of music. Um, it's no secret that Britney Spears is everything to me. And growing up, any type of little thing that was related to Britney I was obsessed with and so being a huge Britney fan I obviously knew that her biggest inspiration was Janet Jackson so that was just like the base interest and then I think because I'm born in 95 so around the time that I started really listening to music on my own I was very young you know uh, three four years old I was watching in Canada we call it it was much music but for you guys in the U.S. think of like an MTV <laughs> You know, that's what yeah. we had. So I would be watching that instead of cartoons. So 98, 99, 2000, any pop queen that was being played on much, I was obsessed with. So Janet, that was the era. So that was like together again. And then there was the video with Busta, what's it going to be? And then doesn't really matter. So it was when doesn't really matter came out that I like, Ooh. I was five. That was like my number one favorite song in the entire world. And the all for you era followed right after. So it kind of just grew into this giant love 
for Janet Jackson. I have a home movie of me on my sixth birthday, you guys. And I, I and it's funny, the radio is playing and Together Again is on the radio. And I literally look at my mother and I'm like, you know, mama, I know exactly who sings this song. And she's like, who, Michael? And I was like, that is Janet Jackson. So since that day, you know, been a huge fan um, the first Janet album that I ever owned, not that you asked me, but I feel like I have to say <laughs> No, please um, keep going. Because my father burned me the All For You album, because that's what you did back then. You burned CDs. But I actually bought Demita Joe in stores, like, the day it came out. And, yeah, I've just been a... I don't remember a time in my life when I was not a huge fan of Janet's at all. Yeah. Always just been absolutely in love with her. And there's always more... She's done so much in her career that even to this day, I'm still discovering new things that she's done that I haven't even heard or haven't seen. It's like, holy crap, woman. Like, what a dynamite. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I talked about on uh, part one how I was a child and Runaway was Ugh. on the radio. And I was in the back of, you know, my mom's car just listening to it. And that was my first introduction. And then I really just stayed a fan the whole time, even through, you know, some of the things that we'll talk about uh, on this episode. Yeah. I was, you know, pretty unfazed. And so I, I definitely can relate to you there because it just her music sucks you in. If you're a fan of music that makes you dance, that isn't dance music, you know, yeah. uh, even though she does dance music too. Um, you know, if you like pop music, if you like R&B music, if you like alt R&B music, which she also pioneers, you know, like there's something for you if you like to move, um, if you like to get down, then, you know, she's the lady for you, for sure. She's even had rock and roll moments. Come on, Black Cat. <sighs> Listen, that's a very important song for me. Yes, very important. <laughs> um. So I know, of course, you're in Canada. And so some of the um, things that we watched in the US, you didn't always watch. But did you ever see um, America's Best Dance Crew or, or clips of it or hear of it? Yes, of course I did. Much Music would air it every single Sunday. Okay. America's I was Best wondering. Crew. So I remember the Janet Jackson episode. And I yes. remember, I, I have one memory of the girl, like they were opening envelopes to see what song they get. And I'll never forget for if the girl was like, if, 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 and she like loses her mind. I will never forget that. I don't think Janet herself was on the episode though, was she? No, I don't think yeah. they, they really featured the artist very much, but that is exactly what I was going to talk about. The Janet day that they did. Oh my gosh. And I think a group, a group did get Black Cat too. And I think that's the first time I heard Black Cat because since yeah. I obviously like missed the 80s and 90s, I didn't hear For all sure. of her music. Oh. And so just some of those moments where she, just because of her icon status when she was honored in other avenues or like TV shows or something like that, that helped me to learn more and more Janet Jackson music. And I, and yes, I'm still learning, even though I'm a big fan, I'm still learning, but uh, it's so cool that you know that. I love that yeah. because there's, yeah. there's a lot of just a lot of people in my life who don't know that even though they're oh American, I used to watch anyway. America's Best Dance Crew every single week. Much music would get a lot of MTV shows, so anytime I saw that it was from MTV, all I wanted as a kid was to watch MTV. I didn't appreciate much for what it was, which now I do because Much Music doesn't exist anymore. It's a TikTok yeah. account now. I actually work in the same building. Fun fact: that Much Music headquarters was like the studios. That's where oh my gosh, in. it's in the same building. So it's kind of a full circle moment for me. I mean, we're working from home now because of COVID. Yeah, but <laughs> you know, going into the, the the few times I got to go, I was like, wow, like this is like the building I grew up watching. Janet herself did a few interviews at that building in 1998 and 2001 and 2004. And a friend of mine who lives here actually met her, like like spoke to her at those interviews. And then she invited him on stage for the Velvet Rope tour for the Rope Burn performance. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Lots of full circle moments for you then. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I have a special place in my heart for much because they were always so good to Hillary, my girl. Oh, Hillary Duff. I grew up believing that Hilary Duff was a main pop girl because on Much Music, 
all that. Like, I'm not kidding. There were Hillary Duff specials. There were Hillary Duff interviews. Her videos were always played. Like, they were always played. Always reaching the top of the Much Music countdown. Yeah. Her songs were being played on the radio in Canada. And Canada, we've gone over this. Hillary Duff is a queen. Even Janet, actually, post-Super Bowl in mm-hmm. Canada, it wasn't as intense. Like, there was still, like, delays. Like, they would have delays. But all the networks, like, Much Music still had her. Like, ev- like people still liked her. Although... Although yeah. I do have some tea, but maybe I should save it for when we talk about the Super Bowl. Continue. Okay, okay, yes, yes. Hold on to it. Hold yes. on to it. But um, yeah, I, I appreciate much. So I just wanted to throw that out there. If yes. anybody from Canada is listening, um, love me. Listen, you guys, okay. I'm like Mariah Carey. I go on tangents, so you just have to stop me. <laughs> you would not be the first person on the show to do so, and that is okay. okay. <laughs> Myself included. Oh there my you gosh. Go. You know, I fixate. I fixate and I'm just like, you know what? Let's go there. That's a pop music Um, fan. Yes. But there is a lot to talk about in part two. Is there ever? They they fit like three decades in part two. So I I do want to say that I was a little not disappointed, but there was much to be desired in terms of certain things that they didn't fully flesh out, which I'll I'll, I'll talk about. Overall, I thought it was great. So I'm not I'm not disappointed. Like I'm glad that this happened. I loved both parts. I was fully like just engrossed in the material and the whole thing for the entirety of its duration. Um, but there were just a few things that I was like, oh, I wish I would have learned a little bit more about that, which we'll talk about. Um, yes, how did you I feel agree. about it overall? Um, well, I obviously loved it. I I just. I'm one of those people that I just, I'm such a fan. I need to know everything and I'm greedy and I would have loved a 10 episode series. Yes. I would have loved a 10 episode I series, but I realized that, okay, that's the deal that they got a four hour series, really three hours because it's network television. So it's commercials, sure. but you know, so you have to fit things in. And I, I'm, a, I'm happy with what I saw. There's nothing that I saw that I wish wasn't in there. If you want me to agree. I agreed. Um, it just needed to be longer. It needed to yep. be longer. That's all. That is my that is my main complaint. I'm like I I wanted more because I'm greedy and I don't care. Um, but, but I'm happy with what she gave us. I am exactly yes, I am too. And I I learned I learned a lot too. Um, and basically where we start is uh, so she's she's finished uh, Rhythm Nation World Tour basically, and she's entering new era. They're talking about Renee, her husband at the time, and how a part of the creative process he is and her kind of coming into a more uh sensual sound for the janet album and i i was really interested in how like secure he was in their relationship for him to be part of things but on the flip side it was like is he was also so a part of things because he wanted to have control you know what i mean so i I, I found myself like ha- thinking about things a little bit differently uh, as the as we progressed through the Janet era. What about you? Yeah, I mean, you. I understand that point of view. Like, okay, he must be a secure man if he's a, a, allowing in quotations his woman to be, you know, <laughs> the sex icon. But I don't think that's what it was for him. I think for him, that was his way of having control of like, let yep. me let I control what she's going to become. I'm going to make her this icon. I'm going to make her this sex mm-hmm. icon, like what Tina Landon says. But in reality, I've heard a lot of stories about Renee and I've heard that he can be quite controlling and conniving yep. and demeaning, not just to Janet, but just to, to people around in general. And, you know, in the documentary, I think it was Wayne Scott Lucas who said this is like, Renee had so much power off of Janet's back that you did mm-hmm. not cross Renee because, yep. I think that he recognized that by quote unquote giving her that creative freedom and not being too stifling in that aspect of it allowed him the trust to be like, okay, she'll believe anything I say, so mm-hmm. I don't have to worry. Da, 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 da. There's a control there. And yep. obviously it, later on in this, I think it was in this first hour of this doc, of the second night where she talks about how, you know, towards the end, he was like, oh, you have to look like your videos. No, you can't go to the yep. movie. You're looking like this. You're doing this. You have to do that. Interesting enough how 
this was the Velvet Rope era, right? And right before the Velvet Rope era, she was so severely depressed, and that's where that album came out of. So it's interesting to me, because I always thought about this. I was like, because she was so transparent about her struggle with depression during that time. And I was thinking, mm-hmm. I was like, she was married. Her partner had to have not been supporting her at all for her to have, you know what I mean? To be suffering at that level. Like, yeah, I always wondered about that. And now we see that, yeah, he wasn't the amazing partner that he once was to her. Um, I think there was love there. I think there was real love there. I do. And I think they had an amazing creative relationship, obviously. Yeah. Um, and I think they did work well together, but I think when you're so close with somebody for so long, there comes a point when you can't do that anymore. And for mm-hmm. Renee, it, he turned to drugs. And for Janet, that's a sore spot because her relationship before was the exact same situation. Another thing yeah. that I didn't know before this documentary. Yeah, exactly. And and that's what I think they did a really good job of doing was that perspective shift because initially, you know, Renee was painted as someone who wanted to be involved with her and he was very supportive. And then when they started showing the darker side of that and how that progressed, that's when like the perspective shift was very clear. So I thought they yeah. like they did a great job of that narrative right there for sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. And just a couple of funny things too. talking about the, you know, the iconic photo where he's covering her, her breasts. And that was amazing to see all those outtakes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. I'd never, I'd never seen anything but that one perfect photo. You know what I mean? Um, Rock and roll. Yeah. And I loved the commentary from other people when they were talking about that. Um, when Whoopi Goldberg was like, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do that because I would need way more hands to be or able my to cover queen. herself. My queen, <laughs> Mariah. Mariah. Mariah was I'm like, jealous. I wouldn't have ever been allowed to do that. Yeah. What a Mariah we, comment. I know. We know Mariah wanted to just be wearing the skimpiest little things back in the day. That's who she was. That's who I she wish, is. I wish we would have gotten that in the early era, but you know anyway we can't go back in time but i did love those two comments and like specifically because i thought they were really funny and very like yeah reminiscent of who the people are who said those comments yeah and 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 it's it's fun to hear mariah say that because she was a big star in that time as well so it's like it's 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 fun to hear um yeah loved seeing the outtakes i'm just so incredibly obsessed with the janet era and her beauty in that era i have never yeah. seen anyone so beautiful in my entire life like her and britney spears 2001 2001 2002 britney spears and 1993 1994 janet jackson are like the beauty that doesn't ex- it's just another level oh yeah. my goodness all that footage she is stunning stunning her like the way that they styled her hair and whenever oh. she was in like during poetic justice, like just that look that like early nineties, like big flannels and like chunky boots and just like, Oh, I dress I today. Love, yes. I love that style. It, like it suited her so well. I was just like clawing at the screen, basically just like loving every minute of it. It yeah, was so good. I'm obsessed. She was absolutely beautiful. And I, yeah, I loved seeing just the behind the scenes of those times. Um, since we're talking about this portion of the documentary, obviously we there's the allegations, the Michael Jackson yeah. allegations, and that happened around the time of the Janet era. 1993 mm-hmm. was when the first allegation came out. Well, that's when like poetic justice, that's the way love goes. If like Janet, like that was she was out there. So I can only imagine if for her must have felt like being thrown to the wolves because she had no choice but to do all this press for all of for like for her tour for her movie like for everything and yeah. there's this whole scandal with your family that you can't escape because that's you know that's who you are that's your it's it's not like a jamie lynn spears and britney spears situation where like you know it's like someone taking advantage it's in this case it's more like all she's trying to do is just have her own lane here and nobody wants to let her. Whereas Jamie Lynn, you can argue all she wants to do is feed off of her sister. Mm-hmm. You don't see yeah. that with Janet. Yeah. And it's, it, 
the timing was terrible because she just had these huge albums and she was she was distinguishing herself exactly like what you were saying in her own lane and she was doing her own thing and she was finally like not of course she was going to be associated with michael like of course they're siblings and they're both in the industry and they're both like massive stars right but she was finally able to put out music and put out art that people didn't automatically think of Michael first, right? Exactly. They were just thinking of Janet. And so I was like, of course the timing worked out that way, right? And and it impacts her. And they they also have a weird-ish relationship at this point, too. Yeah. You know? Well, she so, talks about in the, um, the previous um, mm-hmm. night about how it wasn't the same after Thriller. So at this point, you know, and we've even seen in the past, like, don't you remember when she was on Oprah in 1997 and she said that she hadn't spoken to Michael in two years at that point since Scream. And Scream, yeah. Which and they definitely show a lot of in this in this um, portion. Loved all the... Uh, what they did for Scream, I would have loved to see for every single song. Like, that's just... what That's why I needed a 10-episode exactly. series. You know what I mean? Exactly. The studio yeah. scenes where you're, where you're getting to learn about the creative process behind the albums is so fascinating to me, and I know you love that, too. And so being love. able to get more of that... Ugh, yes. But I, I do want to talk about this coca-cola deal as well oh my god what a missed opportunity i actually didn't know about that so i was i was i completely did not know about that um i knew that i don't think anyone did i don't think that that information was out to the public because she was about to sign the deal so it hadn't come out yet and so nobody knew but that would be a huge thing for her yeah, they had the footage of the meetings, like the boardroom meetings and everything. I thought that was wow, like getting yeah, that sort of glimpse into everything. And, you know, it's so layered, too, because we're talking about her complicated relationship with Michael. And then he was a Pepsi person and she is about to have this huge deal with Coke. Right. So that's already like. I, I think there's there's nuance there. That's pretty interesting, right? The rival like brand, um, you know, yeah, even and, if it's and, even if it's just symbolic, right? And then and Coca Cola doesn't usually have celebrities, do they? Like, I feel like it's more of a Pepsi thing to have like the big. I mean, I know Coke has done things with like Vogue and Diet Coke and stuff like that, but they, they do sometimes. Really do but they don't. They don't have like a Pepsi spokesperson, you know? Yeah, like, like one Pepsi person. always like that's their thing to have a huge yes. deal. Like that's a huge a huge commercial. Like, there's so many iconic Pepsi moments in pop culture. I feel like Coca-Cola always has just been known as the classic. And so Mm -hmm. they never went that route. So Janet could have really been, like, the first big deal like that for Coca-Cola, I feel. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So all of this happens at once. She's has a weird relationship with Michael. She's about to have the rival like soda branding deal, merchant, like, or, or, uh, you know, spokesperson deal. And then... Michael, uh, you know, not not of his own doing. It wasn't like malicious on his part, obviously, because he's under all this fire. But like, of course, Michael impacts Janet's career once again. Once again. Once again. And this is at the point where Janet, her couldn't. This was like her peak career wise, like numbers. Like she was outselling Michael at this point. The Janet album was selling faster than his Dangerous album had been selling. If you compare the time periods. So. I feel like it must have just been so frustrating for her. But, you know, she stood by her brother. She always stood by her brother. And I appreciate that even to this day, she stands by that. She's like, he would never. She says, my brother would never do something like that. It's not mm-hmm. in him. And yeah. And you know what? I I choose to believe that. That's my choice. Yeah. My choice is to never decide and that'll be fine um yeah. because because i can't um i know but, i watched finding neverland too i watched it uh, it's just all it, it, I, I don't know if I, what i believe i don't know what i believe because there's been so many reports that have come out after that documentary that debunk so many things that i can't even yeah. get into you know what i mean so many things so it's like what do you believe in it i feel like at this point it's like you know what can't we just let the man he's dead just let yeah, him rest. exactly and that's the thing i'm just like you know what i don't know i don't know and I will never, I will never know. Nobody will ever know except for who's there. And at the end of the day, Michael is not alive to say yep. anything. So it's like, let's, can we just let it go? Yeah. Yeah. But speaking of Michael and her standing by him, we, you know, we move past the Coca-Cola thing. And Michael, obviously, is just 
you know, I, how could you not be super affected by that? Um, uh, you know, what, what all of the allegations and, and the having to go to court all the time and defend himself. And then Janet is like, okay, well, you know, we need to do this collaboration. Right. It was her so, way of helping him. Yeah. And it, it, it was kind of sad to hear her talk about it too, because on the outside, if you just, you know, if you take the context out and you look back at scream and you look at the video and you look at, or you hear the song, you're like, wow, like this is, this is incredible. And you know, wow, they're siblings and they're doing this together and they're matching each other's energy. And they're, they're just like the vibe and the look and everything is so cool. And then you hear that, it was a dark time. You hear that Michael wasn't really present. You hear that it wasn't supposed to cost as much as it cost, which that was really fascinating to me as well. You didn't know that? Mm -mm. Um, She's talked about it before. I've always known that this video was like a $7 million video. Like I knew that it was like the most expensive ever made. I knew that. She even recently said um, that it wasn't supposed to be that, but then she's like, I didn't have to pay it. Mike did. So he paid for it. So yeah. What I didn't realize was I didn't realize that the label were having him record his music video scenes at separate times than her. But then I thought about it the other day and I was like, okay, what was his label? Epic Records? Sony. Who was the president of Sony in 1995? Tommy Mottola. Yeah. And we all know Evil. how Tommy Mottola was at that time. <laughs> if you read The Meaning of Mariah Carey, which you really yeah. should. Um you know how he was at that time. So I believe that he was trying to create competition with Michael against Janet, because at that point, Janet's a threat. She's the biggest star in the world. She's literally at the level of Michael Madonna. Like she's at, she's at their level. So yeah, yeah, she's competition. So I feel like that. I believe that. I believe that. Um, And I don't think things ever got back to being the same for her and Michael, to be honest. She even talks about the time that they did the intervention and she offered to go on tour, like bring the brothers back together, go on tour, and she would open. And he just shut it down. And it's just like, he was different. He was different. And it's sad when you have bad people in your life, what happens? Um, Mm -hmm. They can really take control. How do those people even get in? It's kind of crazy. I, I related to 2007 Britney almost, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, she's, I mean, Brittany's a prime example of how bad people can get into your life. Right. And I mean, so, so many stars like Lou Pearlman with the boy bands, you know, Tommy Mottola with Mariah, like it happens so frequently and you know, it's, it's rare when they actually get to get out of that situation. That's the exception to the norm. So, so that's really hard. Um, you know, just seeing that process and, um, you know, she's so this is Renee's starting to have all of his issues, you know, all this stuff with Michael's happening. Um, she's going through a lot in the mid nineties, as you, as you talked about, you know, the depression and, um, body image issues, uh, you know, throughout a lot of that, I'm, I'm sure because of not only like depression contributing to that, because you don't feel, like yourself, you know, I can speak to that. Um, and yeah. also, you know, Renee not being supportive and saying nasty things to her about her appearance. Like, what a what a, a, a sort of valley with all of the highs that she'd been experiencing, right? And then it's like, then we have this new era and we have like the Velvet Rope and, and a great album and like her, her magnum opus, if you will, which of I love. Course. I, I mean, I consider Butterfly to be Mariah's magnum opus, and it's the same uh, time as Velvet Rope. So it's just time. like, you know what cool. I will say? I'm a little disappointed that in the documentary they didn't talk about together again. Like they didn't go into the making of the video. They didn't go into how it like together again is very meaning. important because it is a it was a charity single. Uh, the money went to AIDS research because yeah. a lot of her friends had died of AIDS. And mm-hmm. Janet was very outspoken towards the gay community, like um, for mm-hmm. the gay community, especially during the AIDS epidemic. And she always was an advocate for for us gays. You know what I mean? So yeah. I wish that they would have shown more of that. And I feel like Together Again could have been the perfect example. And who knows? Maybe they did do interviews and talk about it. And it probably just ended up on the cutting room floor. I can only imagine how much footage they got together for this documentary. I do yeah. just wish there was more. Like, they talked about the Velvet Rope and, and the Velvet Rope tour. 
But a lot of it was framed around the ending of her marriage with Renee and him not being present during the tour and not about the artistry and the, mm-hmm. the beauty of the velvet rope. I feel like they really did control Rhythmation and Janet era in this documentary well, like in the sense they showcased the success. Yes. They didn't, I don't think they did enough for the velvet rope because it was way more important than they made it seem. Or maybe mm-hmm. I'm just saying that because it's just so important in my life as an album. Um, but I don't know. I'm a music lover, you guys, and I'm here to tell you it doesn't get better than The Velvet Rope. So I need yeah. an explanation. I mean, I had all of those things in my notes, too. Yeah. Um, and, you know, <laughs> I, I read... <laughs> Obviously, I had Obviously. I read a really <laughs> like I'm not surprised. <laughs> I read a really cool thing one time about together again. Um, just that not only is it like so special because it is honoring you know the lives lost, but it's also not speaking of AIDS. You know, people who have died of AIDS as tragedies. It celebrates their life instead. And it's like, it's a, it's a hopeful message and it's a positive message as opposed to like, we're sad that people died of AIDS, right? Like we're honoring them and we're acknowledging what happened, but we're also celebrating the lives of people because they're all people. So yeah, definitely. You know, I think there's some things that could have been stated there, but you know, once again, things get edited out. Um, We'll never know like how much time they actually devoted to it. I wish, I mean, I feel like in the UK, I've been seeing that there are scenes that weren't included. So I feel like there's going to be like an extended version that comes out. I'm waiting for it. I'm I'm ready for Janet's version. Yeah, I, I want. <laughs> if you will. This, this should have been a 10 episode Netflix series and we just got everything, but it's fine. It's fine. I'll take it. Yeah, it's fine. But it does kind of jump directly to all for you pretty quickly. Um, yeah. They didn't talk about, uh, doesn't really matter. Uh, they didn't talk or about the Nutty Prof- they really the Nutty just professor it up as like basically Nutty Professor doesn't really matter all for you the singles of all for you basically 1999 to 2003 was bunched up as what Winska Lucas said that period after Renee was so magical and the few projects we did it basically just skimmed through all for you to the mm-hmm. Super Bowl yeah and all for you was important for a few reasons mm-hmm. one because her abs were incredible um wow. that's not that's not the focus here but i just i can't not talk about them they're um fucking world yeah they were out of her body they were literally yeah. so visible um and i think we saw new age choreography janet in yeah. a way that would define her next few eras right so yes, like obviously she's she's known for dancing and visuals and and like the whole showmanship of it all right um but you know together uh, together again didn't really like showcase that and um you know that was not really the focus of the velvet rope you know in my opinion it wasn't like as much about the showmanship as it was just the message and and her as a person what she wanted to say and Mm -hmm. so then we have a return to not return to form as in she was doing something that she shouldn't have been doing prior but we have a return to a sort of 80s janet in a way where she's giving us a damn show and so i thought that was really fun in this era yeah and i wish we would have talked about that a little bit more um just because and and she was yeah and she was getting honored so much like she did the mtv icon special that was so iconic that they showed clips of in this documentary so it's weird that they didn't talk about it um she was getting all these lifetime achievement awards from the american music awards from the billboard music awards um it was a great time the all for you tour was incredibly successful the singles did well and it 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 was cut short but it did very well still yeah so then, of course, we moved yeah. to that fateful moment and we don't need to like relive what happened, whatever. I personally did not think it was that big of a deal. Even then, I was like 13 and I was like, okay, well, it, like, it, I was you eight. Know. I was eight and I didn't care. I was like, okay. Yeah. So what? Like, it was an I end, liked her more. An accident. Yeah. <laughs> I liked so, it more. Even if it wasn't an accident, if it was just to stir up some controversy, people had been doing way worse and got no backlash. Right. Like, so we can talk about that all day. I think it's pretty clear how we both feel. Um, but I remember you saying you have some tea about something. And so I think now's the time. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, no. So, (laughs) cause I was saying that 
in Canada that we were still like, she was still being played in the radio stations, but you know what? Like maybe I have a different memory because I was still very young, but somebody that I work with saying that at that time, all of the music stores were not carrying Janet Jackson. Like they were not carrying the CD. Like they would not accept the Janet Jackson shipment. So there was a real actual boycott. Like this is somebody who works in media. Like, you know what I mean? There was a boycott that was going on in the record stores, on the radio stations, on the TV stations. Mm -hmm. And that was happening in Canada too. It was, it wasn't just America. It was Canada as well. So that is unfortunate because, you know, it was a time when there was no streaming and there was no this, there was no that. So everything was so much more controlled. So mm-hmm. they did have the power to erase her legacy and they almost succeeded. Yeah. Because I mean, that MTV and VH1 ban in the U S like, it, like they, they were pop the radio completely vehicles. abandoned her, completely abandoned yeah. her, which is insane to me. I, and you see it, like, I'll talk, like, I'm 26, right? I'll speak to a lot of people my age group, and a lot of them do not know a lot of Janet's biggest songs. Like, they don't know them. And then I always think, I'm like, how the hell do I know them and you don't? But then I try to think of it this way, as I'm like, okay, well, I'm a fan of music, so I would have paid attention. Mm-hmm. The average person does not pay attention like that, but they still know, like, a virgin. They still know, like, a prayer. Mm-hmm. They, like, don't know her songs, and it's like, that's because stations did not play her songs for like 15 years. Well, that's a whole fucking generation right there. Yeah. That did not see her and don't think of her as anything. And it's crazy how one moment and a few white men decide, you know what I mean? It's like how that just happened. Per usual. Yeah. That's per usual. It's just Mm -hmm. like, it's, it's baffling to me. I wish I wish that she talked about the boycott herself. Mm-hmm. Wish I heard the words come out of her mouth about what that felt like. But she wanted to go the route of forgiving Justin and trying to make us all forgive him. I don't forgive him. I don't care if she has. He will always yeah, be same. trash to me. And mm-hmm. there's still Britney. You heard it here first, folks. And, you know, I have a I have a friend who posted a video about what Janet had said. And people were like, nope, we don't forgive Justin. And I was like, nope. you know what? Lots of people keep toxic friends in their life. So if she, you know, she could be one of them. She but kills anyway. me. We're very good friends. I bet you she hasn't seen him in years and probably just gave him a call. Yeah. I, and like... Either way, she said that she talked to Justin and she told him, like, I'm going to take the heat for this. Like, you don't need to issue a statement or do anything. And what he should have done is say, you know what? I honor that you're saying that, but I think that it's not going to cost me anything to just say that it was an accident and you should lay off of her. It would not have cost him anything. His career would not have been impacted negatively by doing that. And he saw his his. I mean, can't call her a peer to him, but he saw this like person that has done so much for music that allowed him to be a part of, you know, her world. Right. And he just let her tank. Like I said this earlier, I said this the other day, um, just because Janet has a heart of gold, doesn't mean that you have to be rotten enough to take advantage of it. And that's where I yes. stand on that. And I don't think I need exactly. to expand any further. Mm hmm. Yep. So we see Justin going on this victory lap. Janet gets uninvited to the Grammys. Um, Justin has, I think, like five noms that year. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So he goes, he performs, he's facing no backlash. So even if he did all of the right things, that's still a testament to the fact that women will always be thrown under the bus, specifically black women, especially Mm -hmm. if it comes to something about their sexuality. Um, It's great when it can be exploited. Right. But in, but when it's bad or it makes you uncomfortable, then you boycott it. Yeah. Well, that was the time, you know, I feel like now that's still the time. I mean, I don't know. I don't know because I feel like it's still the time in a lot of ways, but no, but I don't think that this would happen again because there, I've seen a lot worse on television since that in recent years, especially, and I don't see a boycott. Like, let's be honest. Nobody's not playing Cardi B's records. Her nipples are everywhere. But we, 
but we saw a lot worse happening before Janet too. And so, yes, before absolutely. So things do have to progress, and maybe that Janet did have to be the example, but that doesn't make it fair. Yeah, no, and definitely not fair. But she was made an example of, like, one hundred percent, she was, and so. And she, like I said, she's made the example of how any white man can just decide. Like, what the fuck? And people mm-hmm. went along with it. People yep. went along with it. And it's it, it's kind of similar in a different way, but similar to the Dixie Chick situation. I mean, like, do you remember, like, their whole thing with Bush? Like, what they said was not bad. All they said was, yeah. we're ashamed the president of the United States is from Texas. It's a freedom, a country, you're supposed to be free. You could say what you want. It's not like they were saying, I want to kill him. They were just saying we're ashamed of it, whatever. Everyone says that now. Their entire career was completely thrown down the drain. And this mm-hmm. was around the same time, actually, as the wardrobe malfunction. Yeah. So it goes to show how things were at that time. I actually remember that around the time of the Super Bowl, right after Britney Spears' toxic video had just come out and they weren't airing it in the daytime anymore because they said it was too sultry and everyone was getting scared. They started adding delays everywhere. Even Christina Aguilera made a comment at the Grammys that year when her when she was accepting her award and she's like, I don't want my boobs to fall out like Janet. Like, why would you say that, Christina? Well, I mean, I can write a table book about the things that Christina Aguilera should not have said, but that's a whole other uh, conversation. Yeah, Jamie Lynn Spears, the things she should not have said. <laughs> Jamie and, and Christina collab. Um, ah! oh, well. Hey, didn't you see Britney's <laughs> post? Jamie Lynn was trying to be like Christina. <laughs> that was really messy. Um, but, oh well, she said it. Um, but basically, like, so Janet's like, we all need to move on, whatever. I won't. And so the documentary kind of like skips to her and Jermaine. Um, well, they were dating at that time. It kind of, they yeah. intertwine it, right? Like, so they they definitely skip past 20YO and Discipline, which I was really upset about. Especially because, Discipline. Because yes. Fuck! That's like one of her best albums. Come on! It's so good. It deserves so much more. Oh. I mean, the feedback choreo alone is like so uh, amazing. Okay. And rock with you. It's a gay anthem, sweetie. <laughs> yeah. Um. I always thought in the beginning of that that she said strawberries make everything sexual. Uh. And I know. I was like, well, and also she loves the strawberry. Then like, like strawberry bounds from Demita Joe. She calls herself strawberry in a lot of songs. It's like her sexy persona. And I really just heard that. And I was like, it made sense because of other songs, but also the way she enun- like or, or pronounced it. Right. Okay. And then I was like, oh, that's not what she's- <laughs> yeah, that's not what she's saying. Um, LOL. But yeah, mm-hmm. so, so we kind of skip and we're talking about like her, her acting and why did I get married? Um, Great and folks, she's talking by the about, way. Yeah. Yeah, and she's she's. It's so funny because I think we don't think about Janet as an actress, even though that's really where she started. To be yeah, honest. she started as an actress, so we don't really think about that. So I do appreciate that they like put that in. Um, and I wish we would have talked a little bit more about her impact as an actress, but that's okay. You know, once again, I'm being greedy. Yeah. Um, so, but it, it does kind of like speed up and talk about a lot of things at once, and then she talks about Michael's passing. Michael's passing. I've heard her talk about it a lot of times. Obviously, there have been interviews, but yeah. you know, it doesn't get. It's you can tell how hard and how painful it is for her. Um, she was so close to him at, for such a long time, yeah. and that that foundation is like that's family, but that's like a that's a bond that never goes away. As much as things may not be the same as you get older, that's a part of who you are and the makeup of who you are. And she loved her brother so much. And even the second round of allegations, which they didn't really talk about in um, the documentary. Um, But she stood by him in that time. Like she was there. She stood by him. You know, she, because she was there in every single hearing, you know, she stood by him. So she loved and respected her brother so much. And you see how much she cared for him. Mm -hmm. Um, And, even if you weren't a fan of Michael Jackson, which just to point out, I'm a huge fan of Michael Jackson, but even (laughs) if you weren't a fan of Michael Jackson, the impact that he made on the music world and just on music is so undeniable that I think we all felt 
his loss on that day. I feel like everyone can remember that day that he died. I know I can. I literally yeah. remember where I was and how I found Me out too. that he died. Me too. I, I definitely remember. And I I thought it was so sweet that she talked about how the last thing they said to each other was, I love you. I know. Because they were at that um, surprise party for their parents. And it seemed like there's those moments where, uh, you know, even if life is hard or even if you have a complicated relationship with someone there, there are moments that can be really good still. Right. And they don't always get talked about. Yeah. And, and I think it's nice that like, that was only in, that was the month before she said it was, I remember her saying in another interview that it was two days before her birthday, which means it was May 14th. Right. So May 14th, he died on the 25th of June. So she got to see him pretty soon before he died because like we saw in the documentary, they talk like there's a part with Rebe when she's like, I haven't seen my brother in a year. Like they show an old clip and we know Jenna had gone years. So they had obviously all gone years in the past not seeing him. So imagine if he had mm-hmm. died and she hadn't seen him in years. Like at least she got that moment. And I think that she's very thankful for that. And she even talks yeah. about when her father died, which I actually found to be even a little bit more emotional in this documentary, which I'm sure you were going to get to. But just to point out is the you, when she's talking about it, she also says there, she's like, I got the chance to tell him how thankful I was for everything he did for us and for me. And so I'm glad that she got that moment with Michael as well, like to say, I love you. And that's the last words. Like you don't need it. There's no better last words. If you have to have last words with somebody, yeah. then I love you. Right. Yeah. What else could you ask for? What else can you ask for? But yeah. She, yeah. Talking. We'll just, talking about joe it's really it's so complex because there was so much there in terms of how how he parented or didn't parent how much he pushed them but also like if he didn't she wouldn't be the janet jackson that we know today and she'd be in a different existence and probably happy to you know but i I'm, I'm sure that it's really hard to play that what if game and imagine what your life would have been like, even though there were moments in part one where she did talk about how she missed out on certain things in life and that still did make her sad, you know? I also think it was a little different for her than it was for Michael. I think that she a is the youngest, so I'm sure that he was a little bit easier on her, mm-hmm. even though I'm sure it was still a lot, but you know, he must've been a lot easier on her and harder on Michael. And damaged michael a lot more so yeah i think that because a lot of people were saying oh but she's talking about her father in such a positive light even though he was such a bad quote-unquote bad guy I was like it's not that he was a bad guy it's that every at the end of the day it's her father and every child has a different experience with with a parent it's just it is yes. what it is and mm-hmm. we shouldn't take just because she has fond memories of her father even though there were a lot of bad times let her fucking have that that's her father who are you? Mm-hmm. You weren't there. Michael obviously had a strange relationship with his father and he did, you know, traumatize him. I'm sure those are Michael's experiences. Um, yep. You know, Janet's allowed to have hers. And I think that at the end of the day, it is the reason why she, it, like, she's not wrong. The mm-hmm. reason she's here today as who she is, is because of her father. Yeah. The reason she has the life that she has today it is because of her father. So mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with her being thankful for that. I think that, you know, people just have strong opinions, but it is, it, it's tricky. It's tricky. I can see how it's tricky for sure. Yeah. And I mean, when you're on the inside, you're never going to view things the way that people might be able to objectively view them outside as well too. Yeah. So it, it, there's always going to be many sides to the story, right? Exactly. But, exactly. Um, they also talk about, her touring whenever she's in her fifties, which is like super cool. Um, I saw, yeah, I'm getting pregnant. I saw the state of the world tour. So this was the rescheduled tour. So that's the, that's the only time I've seen Janet, but Oh, really? Yeah. It's the only time I've seen her. It it was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, (laughs) where I used to live. Um, But I, I've, I've mentioned this before, but I grew up in a really like rural area. And so going to concerts wasn't easy. So I I didn't get to see Britney or any of the girls growing up. Um, I had to do a lot of things in adulthood whenever I had my own money and my own access to things. And so I didn't, 
I missed out on a lot, right? But I did get to see Janet. And so that was a, a bucket list thing that I wanted to make happen. Uh, and it was it was great. Like I lived my best life and I, I'm really thankful that I got to see her. And even though, you know, we're not, I wasn't watching like Rhythm Nation, right? I did still get to see this incredible performer who's known for her showmanship and how she commands a stage and she still did that. And so I was just really, it's really cool to see her be able to do that like 30 oh, yeah. years later. Right. Oh yeah. I got to go to that show as well. I've seen Janet three times in my life. I saw her. Um, so I saw her at the state of the world tour, which was in 2017. I saw the Unbreakable tour, which was in 2015, because it was in Toronto. I, I live in Toronto, right? So the show in Toronto yeah. was at the beginning of the tour. So I, I got to see Before. that show. Yeah. And then I saw her in 2011 um, at the number one's Up Close and Personal tour um, when I, in Montreal. So I got to see that tour as well. I was 16. Actually, a very big moment for me, that tour. I was going through a lot at that time. As a teenager, I had a very difficult um mental health was just not there it was really rough and there was a moment in that show i remember the moment like it was yesterday where it was during <laughs> together again and i just thought yeah. euphoria i felt like euphoria i felt like wow like that like the music was just moving my entire body and i was like i literally thought to myself i'm like okay life is worth living because this exists like a moment like this exists wow and, and janet in that show gave me that moment um yeah, so um, I love her live performances. She is electrifying at any age, at any age. And like she said, she's like, if I suck, it's because I, I have a kid. I don't have time for <laughs> it. And I'm like, I love how Janet's saying that when like her version of that is like most artists can't even match yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i was like babe you don't you don't suck. at 52 years old she's literally up like ariana can never perform like that she just could never i love ariana grande i'm not trying to shade her i absolutely love her but we all know that she can't perform and yeah janet's outpacing all the girls dua lipa the you know her as the she's the queen of soft one of the queens of soft choreo yeah she talked about her a lot. <laughs> yeah, and she's like owning shit right now as like a main pop girl. Janet at 55 hundred percent could outperform Dua Lipa. I have yeah. no doubt in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. And no she finally got her induction to the Hall of Fame. Rock and roll yeah, Hall, the Hall, Rock and Hall, Hall of Fame. Fame, baby. I want to so, point out that Madonna. So the rules to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame are 25 years, 25 years in the business, and then you are eligible. Madonna got her induction in 2008, like right when that 25-year mark hit. Janet hit the 25-year mark a year before Madonna because she had been around since 82 with the first two albums mm -hmm. and everything. But even if we were going by control, that's 2011. Where the fuck, like, they're, like what Questlove said in the documentary, they were trying to pretend like she did not exist. Yep. And I'm so happy. So he's on the board and he literally said, he's like one of the main reasons I wanted to get, I needed to get Janet into the rock and roll hall of fame. And he did. And since Janet, they've inducted Whitney Houston. Mm -hmm. um, they've inducted Tina Turner. I'm waiting for Mariah's, although she did just get the songwriters hall of fame. So we're fine with that. But I'm so glad that not only did Janet get that moment that was rightfully hers because everyone in her family has pretty much gotten in except mm -hmm. for like McCoy and Reby. Yep. But like, you know, Janet's in, but also now they're finally allowing the art, the, the female artists that they overlooked as real artists, mm -hmm. like an artist like Janet, Madonna, or Whitney wasn't looked at as a real artist, you know what I mean, for so long. And it's like, no, they absolutely were. It is time to give them their flowers. I love that they ended the documentary with just Janet getting love from everybody. Yeah, like I love that uh, that was the note that and seeing Britney, I was well, like, ah! Queen Britney, hey girl, and, and then she goes and posts a uh, a video on Instagram with "That's the way love goes," but says nothing about the I doc. Mike, bitch, we all know you watched it. Can you just talk about it? She's, you know, I don't, I don't try to understand Britney's social media because I never will. Um, yeah, I never but will. But I love every second in, of in, it. In some small way, she did like get to honor janet with however that means for britney and janet reposted i was it, gonna so say I was janet reposted it so i'm fine with it i'm fine with it <laughs> so i was happy um 
that was really that was a really cute moment. I love people. I love when artists are humble and talk about who impacted them and influenced them and how they acknowledge that like they would not have the careers that they have without this person's contributions. Like I love that. I think it's very human and special. So I was I I did love I did love people talking about Janet. I thought that was really fun. Paula Abdul, you know, like oh, she just, was, I mean, I'm sure you talked right. about it in the first part. I didn't get to listen yet because it, I think it just came out today or yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Working, So I'll be listening. No, you're but, good. You're good, babe. You're good. But Paula definitely loves Janet. Like she was getting emotional talking about Janet. That was an important person at the beginning of Janet's, you know, musical career. So it's beautiful to see. I just love seeing the inspiration. I love seeing that. I think it doesn't have to be a competition. These are like, yeah, it, it, it can be appreciation. Do you understand? Like mm-hmm. be inspired to buy someone's work, not threatened. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And absolutely. I think that Janet has such a beautiful nature about her that, she just exudes the best out of people. She's such a beautiful soul. And you mm-hmm. see that. You see how just genuine she's being and everything. And she's very selective with her words. And she, yeah. everything has a meaning. Mm-hmm. I love her. Yeah. I fucking a very, love her. <laughs> a very warm, warm presence that she just like brings to everything. She's, she's just collected and steady and warm. And I love that. And, you know, since we're at the end of part two, I did want to ask you as a closing thought, Mm -hmm. what do you think is next for Janet's career? I think she's going to retire. I think that she said at the end of the documentary that she wants to go out with a bang. Um, She wants to focus on being a mother. I think that she has this Black Diamond album that she's been working on. I think she's going to release it. I think she's going to do another tour. I think she's going to make it a farewell tour. I think that she's... You never want to say forever because she could be like Cher and at 74 have a big resurgence in your career and, you know, decide when her child's 18 or whatever. But I think that she wants to be a mother. So I feel like she's going to give us another this album and maybe one more tour. And then I think she's going to hang up her coat. I think that she wants I think that's what she wants. I think she. Yeah. Has given enough. She's given us so much over the last what 40 years this this year marks 40 years since her debut album janet jackson so it's like wild and she was working on tv as an actress before then so it's like Mm -hmm. she's given so much to everyone throughout her whole life it's time for her to let to focus on you know her child that she loves so much and how she lights up when she talks about isa is so amazing um but I'm only okay with that. If she, just give me the album, give me one last album, give me one last tour. Tell me it's the end. Warn me, let me have my moment and I'll let you mm-hmm. go. I promise. But, <laughs> and I'm talking to all you girls. Okay. I'm talking to all of them. You can't just I, leave. You need yeah. to give me some type of indication because Brittany, I'm if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. Hillary, Brittany, yeah. all of them. Like, mm-hmm. Especially Hillary, although I've seen in recent interviews that she's getting curious. About she's talking. Back. She's talking, and I'm listening, sister. Yeah. I am listening. But no, yeah. I totally hear you. I I do like a little bit of closure. It's also it's it's their life. It's up to them. Of course. Um, but if there's but if there's unfinished album shit, like release it. I don't care if it's like a rarities thing. Like I don't care. Like well, give we know me Black Diamond content. is coming out though. Like yes, you know, like, exactly. Like that's coming. Like but it was supposed to be here already. Yeah. yeah, speaking to the other girls though, Brittany, you have a lot of rarities you need to release, but it's fine. This anyway, bitch doesn't even anyway. know the songs that aren't singles. I feel like I feel like she forgets. I'm like, come on, <sighs> like we we remember. Okay, but but when she when she was in the car with Sam and she was singing "Lonely," like I mean that was yeah, when she was singing "Lonely" or when she mentioned a "Brave New Girl" in one of her posts. Like even Janet, it's like, girl, okay, I understand you want to hang it up, but I know that there's a lot of unreleased shit. So put it out. I'm ready to consume. I'm <laughs> put ready it to out, consume. and then you can go. Yes. <laughs> exactly right. So like we're 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 giving them space, but we're also throwing what we want out into the universe just in case it comes back. And yeah, like the out. Janet tour. Exactly. Put it out. Yeah, exactly. Put out the Janet tour. Thank you. That's my closing yes. thought. Put out the fucking okay. Janet tour. Okay, I love it. <laughs> well, thank you for joining me, and just. 
reminiscing, ranting, talking about all the things that we love. Um, I know that Janet is so important to you. So I'm just, you know, you were, I, you were one of the first people I thought of when I knew I wanted to do the bonus episodes to cover their documentary. I only reached out to two people and it was you and Lamar who was on part one. So I got my wish um, and I really appreciate it. So Michael, why don't you tell people where they can find you? It'll be in the episode description, of course, but give, give your plug and anything else. I know you've got other things that you're potentially working on that you mentioned at the very beginning. So why don't you talk about some of those things? Yes, I will. Wait, can I ask you a question before I do all this? Oh my gosh, of course. I I need to know this. Do you have a favorite Janet album? And do you have like a top five songs? Like, I'm very curious to know where you stand with that. Oh gosh, that's really hard. Okay. <laughs> Give me. I. I feel like I. I'm. I need. I need a second. Okay. I. In terms of songs, I just really associate Janet so much with her music videos. So yeah. while there's a lot of deep cuts that I love, like when I think about her, I think about the videos, right? For sure. Um, so if I'm thinking about songs, I don't know if I could rank a top five, but I'll tell you songs that I revisit constantly. Oh, you know okay. what? That's even better. Okay. Songs I revisit and I want to listen to. Um, I listen to like, you don't love me. Oh, um, yeah, I love that song. Um, I listen to go deep from velvet rope. Okay. Yeah. I listen to, uh black cat a oh, lot so do i <laughs> yeah, a lot i listen, I listen to, to black cat all the time black cat and escapade a lot um anytime any place um just because i think that song has been sampled so well so many times so well. So um well. that listening to it and it's like pure form is really good um and i mean i revisit so many i listen to feedback all the time in the gym like yeah. there's there's in terms of like what i revisit sure now if I'm like listening to whole albums, um, I listen to Rhythm Nation in its entirety. Um, I mean, how could you not? I mean, like even yeah. even the interludes I listen to, you know. Um, you need and the then, interludes in all yes. of albums. That's the essential yes. piece of a Janet Jackson album. Is exactly <laughs> yes. Runaway, I listen to a lot, even though that wasn't part of like a proper album. Um, I listen to that song a ton. Um, whole other albums i listen to uh demita joe i listen to velvet rope um yeah those are probably like the the ones that i revisit the most and there's just like sprinklings from other albums that i listen to um i also love uh dream maker and euphoria from, from the unbreakable record oh, mm-hmm. i love it i actually just listened to unbreakable today while i was working i had put on unbreakable because i hadn't listened to it in its entirety in a couple of years actually i realized yeah. um mm-hmm. i love the unbreakable record for me, me I, I i like i love every single record but my favorite will always be the janet album i gotcha. just love everything about that era not even just mm-hmm. the album um it's just so perfect um songs that i always revisit i always listen to come back to me i don't know why yeah I i've been listening to that a lot that. lately too come back to me like lonely come back to me some days tonight that last three that cluster in rhythmation is so perfect it's like oh my goodness um I, yeah so i love that i love black cat i am forever indebted to doesn't really matter because it is the song that made me fall in love with her run away together again all for you come on get up like the pop jams we love but i also really really love when she goes like like just pure r&b so we're talking that's the way love goes we're talking spending time with you from demita joe we're talking no sleep from unbreakable like Mm. so good and I love I love the pop ballads. I love again. I love every time. I love let's wait a while. Like you know, just all so good. Um, yeah. I don't really have an album that I don't like. I even like the early stuff. To be honest, like I've been jamming to "You Don't Stand Another Chance." Like I have been jamming to that song. Like 
they're actually good. <laughs> like, they're actually good. I think there was always like this weird idea that those first two albums weren't good because they didn't do well, but they're actually good. Um, yeah, I don't really know them yeah, no, to be amazing. honest with you. I don't. I don't really know the first two albums, so maybe I really do. I didn't really know them well either. I've only recently started getting into them because I've okay. been like kind of. I made a playlist of like every single one of her singles. Um, so I've been listening to that. And then so I, that got me to listening to the albums and then seeing the footage in this documentary. I'm like, you know what? It's actually yeah. really good. But um, back to what you originally said, where to find me, you guys. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Instagram at Planet 2000s. So Planet and then 2000s, like literally the number. 2000 and then the Ness. I also have a 90s account, Planet 1990s. And the reason I made that account is because like I have the Planet 2000s podcast, I plan on doing the Planet 1990s podcast. I'm hoping to launch it at the end of this year. So I'm going to finish okay. up my second season of Planet 2000s. And during the little interim of a couple months that I'd like to take between seasons, um, I'm going to work on the 90s podcast. So that's going to be coming out by the end of this year while season three of planet 2000s is out so we're working okay, on things so, we're working on things okay so question though yeah. what's the first album that you want to cover for planet 1990s well i have a few ideas can but i know just a matter of <laughs> you know it's a hard one because my first episode for planet 2000s was circus by britney spears because uh -huh. i knew it yep. had to be britney the problem with the 90s is that both mariah and janet are equal equilibrium for me of queen like equal like they are just as much i will die for them so it's like i don't know who to start with we'll probably start with a mariah album only because there are only two janet albums in the 90s I yeah. mean, there's design of a decade, but like, you know, it's not really an album. It's greatest hits. There's mm -hmm. only two. Mariah has like seven. So I feel like, I feel like Janet is more season finale and Mariah is like season premiere. Do you know what I mean? Like those are the two yeah. most important episodes and two most, like the finale and, and the premiere are the two most important who opens and who closes. So it's like, you know, I know I we'll see what you. happens. We'll see what happens. It's, it's we're only in february right now so well, um, i'm so stoked for the butterfly album yeah oh well that's gonna be like that i went when i the butterfly is gonna have to be a series of episodes to be honest with you so i am honestly thinking i'm not even gonna touch butterfly because this year is the 15 year anniversary so it's really i'm are, are not 15 what am i talking about 25 years yeah 15 i wow, know what you meant math. so it really is to be honest, I was really thinking of starting with Butterfly and starting the podcast with the 25th anniversary of Butterfly. But, I mean, I'm going to have to get my shit together because you can't not do Butterfly justice. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's scary to think that, should I start with that? I don't know. But I don't know. We'll find out. But if you guys want to follow me, follow me there. And you could check out my podcast everywhere. And if you want to hit up my personal page, why the hell not? At Michael Kadosh on Instagram, on Twitter, C-A-D-O-C-H. I'm the same freak on there as I am here. So, <laughs> And very cute. So if you're out Thank there, you. boys, go get uh, you a Canadian. <laughs> Listen, if anyone from America wants to sponsor me and marry me, let me move over. <laughs> DMs are open. <laughs> you heard it here first, everyone. Jesse's well, exclusive. Listen, you know, maybe we'll make a love connection. I don't know. But anyway, Michael, thanks again for being here. Everyone, I uh, hope that you can rate, subscribe, do all of the things. Follow me on Jesse's Girls pod on all social media. And just like there's no I in team, there's no I in Jesse. Okay, ah. we will catch you next time. 